We have only 35 chambers. There is no 36. I know that. But I want to create a new chamber. And what would that be? Welcome back to My Three Cents. This episode is going to be entitled Struggle and Purpose. Now, what I mean by this is understanding that where your life is at this exact moment is actually where it's supposed to be and no different. But some people say, well, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. How could this be the purpose of my life? Well, the first thing you must understand is that one of the main reasons for having this earthly experience is to be able to understand and overstand the different situations that arrive that put the spirit in the balance, right? Simple as decisions. Now, the first thing you got to understand and that I want to break down is the knowledge of what we call progression or leveling up. When they say you only use 10% of your brain, what a lot of people don't know is that that's true and not true at the same time. Because the way you're thinking about it, it's not true. I say that because the majority of people think that that means 10% of their brain is functioning. When the truth is, 100% of your brain is functioning. Your conscious mind, what sits in the cerebral cortex or the hippocampus, has control of 10% of the brain at what they say is perceived to be the maximum for conscious control. Now, that means that 90% is left to what they call the subconscious. In the Bible, this place is also referred to as the underworld, the subconscious. Now, we already know that thoughts create reality. So what you first got to understand is it's very important to impress yourself. What I mean by that is that the conscious mind has to make some sort of effort to impress the subconscious mind. This is how you will first change your reality if you know except the way your life is right now at the time. Right? So, progression is the changing of the mind. It's the word they've given to the energy that is the actual energy of changing. They've given that progression. So, when you inspire yourself when you inspire your subconscious to change the way it feels, which is its attachment of uh, your emotion to an actual thought of an event, right? It's how you felt on the inside about something that determines your reality of what you perceive to be outside. It is the same thing. You can't have inside without outside. All that shows you is that if one of them doesn't exist, neither one does. So that should also show you that these two things are one and the same. There are a lot of things that exist that way, only by relation. Uh, And if you remove one, there's none. So when you see something like that, 
gotta first realize that those things are the same thing. Just two different aspects, right? If you have a pole, you have ends to a pole. It's the polarity. These are the extreme opposites, yet and still it is the same uh, pole, right? So it's very important to impress the mind, to advance the mind state from the previous mind state. So all you're doing is basically building on an old foundation, trying to have a healthy attitude about that foundation, and then further developing an even better attitude. And this would be called your progression if you can put that together and make it function right. See, it's like a little code. So we know that thoughts create reality. So if a person wanted to actually attain a new way to think, or they wanted to be on a new path in life, what they would actually have to do is try and match the energy, the feeling of that thing you want to become. Okay? So, for example, somebody says, I want to be a millionaire. Well, guess what? Nine times out of ten, that's not going to happen for them. But this is why. It has nothing to do with skin color or position in life. This is why. It's the mind. If you don't first go inside and define what a millionaire means to you, what does that even mean to you? What mind state would that put you in? How far can you get from where you are now mentally? And how close can you get to that exact mind state? That is what will attract that thing you say that you want. It's always there. It's you that have to get out of your own way. Always, the flow is there. So, this is just an example of how your thoughts um, create your consciousness, your reality, and everything you perceive and how you feel about it. So to become that millionaire, man, you would have to first define what that means to you, what that would mean for you, what that would feel like for you, and then you have to embody those feelings. You gotta take it on. You gotta sit there and get into the you. Let's say your name is Jill. You, you have to become the Jill that is a millionaire. And once you can get close to matching that as close as possible, strong as possible, and hold on to it for as long as possible, meaning be consistent in your thoughts, these type of opportunities will start finding you. Hey, I'm just giving you the secret, right? You might have never read a book called The Secret, but this was the point to it. Even if the point was still coded, this was the point. The point was to become the energy of the thing. That's how you change your now. Because one thing you always got to remember is that there's nothing real except the now. Uh, and there's a really cool saying that I read, I don't know how long ago. And uh, it said, if you think you can do a thing, or if you think you can't do a thing, you're right. So I'm sure you can get where I'm getting with that. <laughs> where I'm getting that. Now, what's really important about what's really important about the mind frame and understanding that you create your own consciousness, what's next? Then you gotta ask yourself, what do you believe in? What are you believing in versus what are you knowing? Knowing and believing. 
These are the things that help create your consciousness, right? Because you move on base what you think you know. The rest of that moves on base what you believe, based on what you believe, right? So it was something I wrote down. Uh, it was called Knowing and Believing. And it says, the truest thing about knowing is knowing when you don't know, right? It says, we use beliefs to at some point replace the not knowing. And after you use belief to replace what you don't know, at some point you know. That's the code. So first comes not knowing, then comes believing, then comes knowing what you should have known, right? Not necessarily what you set out to know, but what you ended up finding out. That's more important. So uh, it can be difficult for some people to actually not know, right? You're in that place where you know there's things you don't know, <laughs> if that makes sense. And uh, that's cool because that's only a, a stepping stone, a stopping point. You're about to still move on, but the, for those that don't, sometimes it's because once they started believing that they don't know, they couldn't find anything else to believe in. That's when you have stayed there too long. So the moral of the story is be comfortable knowing what you don't know. All right? And keep your eyes open. This is how you'll attain uh, true understanding and be able to clearly evaluate your life, where you are and why. Not playing the victim role like we spoke about before. That victim role where everything happens to you. My life is this and this, this happens to me. Why does this happen to me? Only victims say that. Because a victim is a person that thinks that life happens to them and they never account for the role they had to play in it, right? So the victim never has to really look at themselves. The victim don't even need a mirror. They don't have to use it. They're blameless. That's what they know, first of all. So it's very important what you know and what you believe and what you got to believe that you don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so just to, you know, go back to the fact that thoughts are real and they make your realities true, I also want to touch on the fact that a lot of times whether you can perceive this at the time or not, the body will be operating opposite of the mind. You see? Because a lot of times, when somebody wants to have a new reality, they don't like where they're at, that's distorted vision. That's not acceptance. So, the mind and the body, the body uh, is blaming the mind for bad decisions and the mind is blaming the body for making the wrong moves. It's a stalemate. You know, when a person gets in this mind frame, uh, sometimes they only see their reality in the mind because they don't know how to create it physically, right? So it's in the mind, we got it. We see it, it's a vision. But for a lot of those people, that vision ain't real enough. Some kind of way they've convinced themselves 
that the vision in their mind isn't real enough. Now, what's wrong with that? Something very wrong with that. Because the truth is, reality starts from the inside, and it starts from the mind. It works from the inside out. So, you really got to know that support what you think, be careful what you think, be purposeful with what you think. And if you want to achieve or attain something, keep it in your mind. Make the clearest picture that you can see of it, visit it often, and also bring the feelings along with you that that thing has already happened or that it's happening right now. That is the key to what they call the secret. You should look that book up, by the way. Uh, it's not sponsored or nothing like that. I just know that it's a very popular book amongst those that want to get out of the position they're in and they have found something that can at least relate to the issue, even if they don't fully explain it and give it to you plain. So, reality works from the inside out. Now, this takes me to a Bible story uh, a lot of people are familiar with but may not understand what it's really trying to tell you the story I'm referring to is Jacob's Ladder now Jacob's Ladder what you might not realize is a metaphysical metaphor right it's something that is also something else something unseen the true essence of what this really means, the understanding of it, not the surface allegory, okay? And definitely not the literal physical understanding. So, Jacob's Ladder. This is the knowledge of the energy, the chakra system that sits on your spine, goes up and down. Now, what Jacob represents is that thing that is going up and down. So let's, let's, for example, let's make it simple. You're in your root chakra. You're feeling some type of way. You're angry, let's say. Well, all you have to do is go in your mind and say, you know what? I'm not angry. I'm happy. Happy. Become happy, right? You can, there's something, it sounds, you know, but there's something you can do if you wanted to. You know you have the option to go in, rewrite a program, and say, wait a minute, I'm going to override this feeling. This is Jacob. This is that thing that goes up and down that ladder, that energy. This, this allegory or this story is the knowledge that you have to, in life, no matter how high up on the ladder you get to, no matter what level of enlightenment you reach, at some point, you gotta come back down because you can't live up the ladder. We've all tried it, right? The way I understood it was that when it first started happening to me some time ago, years ago, uh, I realized that I had to come down the ladder, first of all, to feel, to feel what the people were feeling, to stay in touch, you know, if you want to attain high levels of knowledge um, to where you become separate from the people, then guess what happens next? <laughs> Mission complete. You transcend. 
lot of people transcend first in the mind before the body even gets a whiff of what's going on. Remember that 10%. This is why you only get that 10% to control consciously because that 10% is strong, it's potent. And second of all, if you did have more of your brain to control, you wouldn't last and you wouldn't live and you wouldn't make it. Because of all the things that's autonomous, right? Because of all the systems that work without your help, without your conscious help. Your digestion, your blinking, your breathing. If I asked you how many times you, you breathed in the last 10 minutes, in and out, <laughs> makes one, right? How many times you've blinked in the last 60 seconds? <laughs> you don't know. And there's a reason you don't know, because you don't have to worry about that. There's parts of you that know what to do. Parts of your higher self. Here you are, down here with the 10%, and you haven't even thought about the things that you don't have to do. You're only thinking about the things that you think that you have to do. Think about that. So... That being said, Jacob's Ladder was a great analogy about how the energy goes up and down. The higher you get up, the lower you have down to go. It's a beautiful balance, right? It's something you have to accept. Whenever I'm up the ladder, I feel great. <laughs> I'm in my strongest form, Goku, Super Saiyan. Everything I touch is gold. But when I cycle down that ladder, because everything cycles, this is life. This is the revolution, right? The rotation, the revelation. It's all the same, the completing of the cycle. So when you understand that things cycle, your life included, the energies of your day to day, when you can understand that, you can accept where you are. And when you're on that ladder, you're going up, you're going down, you get real low. Don't live down there. See, that's the thing. The balance part is this. You have to go back down because this is the test. You can't pass without a test. How can you achieve if you're never tested? It doesn't work that way. You don't just achieve because you know. You have to prove it. Right? So when you go down that ladder, don't get stuck there. Realize where you are, look around, understand that tests are coming your way, get your pencil out, no eraser needed, I've been studying, and I'm headed back up. Take somebody with you if you can. If they don't wanna go, get on without them, right? <laughs> the longer you stay down that ladder, the harder it becomes to climb. This is real. I'm talking pornography. I'm talking excessiveness. I'm talking lack of trust in self. So you damn sure can't trust nobody else. Think about it. So that down the ladder life ain't all it's cracked up to be. It's only a place for tests of what you learned when you were at your highest points. 
once you can get through that again at the next level, this is the knowledge of any game you've ever played. How can you beat the game without levels? See? Pick up your controller. This is what it is. Plug in. So, when you get to go back up that ladder, that's normally the favorite part. It's the actual knowledge and feeling that you're going up. It's the going. It's the adjective part. That's the best part. Right? Those moments. Strung together. Achieving. Leveling up. Right? So, best part is when you get there, you know, you get to go a little higher than you was before. That was the whole point. This is the beautiful balance that they have laid out for us with Jacob's Ladder. So, um, I'm really trying to show you how even your life cycles, and uh, this is why it's important to trust where you are. That 15th rung on the ladder, don't judge it. Accept it, be thankful for it. It is a type of stability. It is not insanity. Count your blessings and get your lessons and keep it moving. Don't believe in uh, hardship. Don't create those things for yourself. Don't put those things in your world. If that's not you, don't make it you. You, Y-O-U, only stands for your own universe. You see? So that's why they say if it's for you, it's for you. <laughs> if it's for you, it's yours. The clinching of that thing that you possess, that makes it yours. Acknowledge it, grab it. Don't talk about it, feel it. Don't think about it, create it. So, um, some of you might still say, okay, well, what about the bad times? And again, that can be explained by being down the ladder. And why does this balance exist? That might be a question, right? Why? Well, besides the obvious of catching the lessons and leveling up, the function of the why, why does it happen? Why does it even exist? Well, that's the knowledge of a choice. That's the knowledge between dualities and non-dualistic ways of thinking. If I tell you to choose something, if I give you two things, I say pick red or blue, you pick blue. If you pick blue, you say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I just picked blue. Okay, well, there is no right or wrong, but what you have done is rejected red. So what I'm trying to show you is that by choosing anything, there's things, there's a narrative you create where there's some things you did not choose. This is the difference between thinking, choosing, and, and you know, thinking and choosing, and or feeling. Moving by feeling, signs, energies, things you pick up on, right? That's the difference. You don't create dualities when you flow like water. You see? When you 
can understand that everything that is is supposed to be, you can move in a freer way. This is the knowledge of being water. Water adapts to every condition. It's an energy that can never be destroyed right there in front of your face. If it's too cold, it goes solid. If it's too hot, it goes vapor. Gets invisible on you, but still exists in particles where you can no longer mess with it. <laughs> you say, oh, it's gone. No, it's not gone. It has just moved on in a different form beyond what you're able to comprehend at the time. That's all it is, right? <laughs> Cannot be destroyed, only transferred. That's energy. They told you water was life, so how, why wouldn't water be energy, right? It's life. Try to go without it and live, see what happens. So that's just the knowledge of, you know, every choice you have, you're creating a duality. It's not your fault, it's just what happens. This is why they get you choosing when you come here. The quickest way to conquer a group of people, if I wanted you to go my way, right? What I would do is take my plan, my way of thinking as a whole, and I would split it into two things, two ways of thinking, even though it was one. What's the purpose of that? Well. If I come at you with one thing and try to get everybody, obviously there's gonna be some people that are gonna reject and not go along with the system. If I take that thing and split it, and I tell you choose this one or that one, guess what? Now I get everybody. See, this is the power of a duality. Now I get everybody. You think you chose this one and not that one, but what you didn't know, <laughs> is that they're the same thing, only split to capture you all. So let's get less into making decisions and more into going with feelings and see where that takes you. Just do an experiment, do it for a day. Say, you know what? I'm gonna go with the feelings that come upon me today. Something told me to turn left, boom. I ran into this beautiful thing, you know, that happened. So give it a try. Less thinking, more feeling, and see what happens. Now, when you're looking at your life, what makes most people say, I'm stuck, I'm stagnant, I'm not where I wanna be, I'm struggling. What makes people say that about their life and say that they lack purpose is a lot of times the way they see their life, the way they perceive their life the way they judge their life, right? And so this is when I get to talking about exit and judgment and how this is key uh, to any type of progression, especially spiritual, but any type. Any realm you're dwelling in, your progression will be stopped up if you uh, dwell in judgment, if you're very judgmental in the way you live and the way you see things. Um, and even with your thoughts. So, what I mean is exit in judgment, the first step of exit in judgment is exit in judgment of self. Um, the way I did it um, in the now, I had to go into that mind state where what I do is what I do. 
A lot of times we judge ourselves, and a lot of times it's not because of ourselves that we judge ourselves. It's because of another person or what you think somebody else thinks about you. Okay? So the first step is to exit judgment of self. Now, to take that a step further, and this is what I also did, I went back to my past. I went in my mind and I went back to my childhood. I went back to where the blockage was, where the pain was, right? And what I did was I found that kid and I wanted that kid to take a good look at the now. And I wanted to let that kid know you can forgive yourself, right? You can stop judging. Because look at yourself. Guess what? Look. See? This is what you became. Let it go. Hey, and believe it or not, this technique actually works. It works. And if you're not like me as far as, you know, I dream every single time I sleep. It's some type of dream disorder that I don't understand yet. But I have a great imagination because of it. And uh, if you don't have the best imagination, what you can do is grab a picture of yourself um, from when you was that youth, from that time period, and revisit. Go right through the eyes. Go right through the eyes and revisit. And uh, this is how you can heal yourself. Because a lot of times, um, the way we're judging ourselves now is actually based upon not healing ourselves from previous experience. That's all it is a lot of times. And we're reliving it in the now when we actually don't have to do that. That's not something you have to do. Uh, it's actually something that we're choosing to do. So exiting judgment is key. Exiting judgment itself is very key, right? Because once you've done that, you can stop judging others as well. And when people can really pick up on your energy and say, this person doesn't judge me, that's when they really open up to you. And because all things are reflection, everything is reflection, right? So once the people open up to you, guess what? That's when life can open up to you. You see? Because we're just all different examples of one thing. If anything, life. Sentience. So find the blockage. Forgive it. Let it go. Tell yourself. Only you got the power to keep it there. Right? You put it there. That wall. Knock it down. It's up to you. You put it there. Matter of fact, you probably know the easiest way to knock it down. Because it's yours. Own it. See, when you're the victim, you can't knock down your own wall. Because you haven't accepted that you put it there. See? Being a victim can really cripple you, man. It can really cripple you. So, with that being said, once you learn how to see yourself, we say, well, what would the goal be? And I'm going to speak to a goal that is the goal now amongst those that feel like they're seeking that higher level. It's called greatness. And uh, some time ago, I wrote down some things about greatness 
and just the knowledge of it itself. So for a man to be great, let him first be good. You see? For a man to be great, let him first be good. And then he will achieve greatness. Because a great man is always the good man. He who wants to be great, let him be good. How will uh, he will therefore become great by not seeking greatness? Aiming at greatness, a man will arrive at nothingness. But aiming at nothingness, you already know, he arrives at greatness. The desire to be great oftentimes is just an indication of what they call littleness. I'll say that again. The desire to be great, greater than what you are, the thing you're not grateful for. So the desire to be greater than what you are is only an indication of an energy called littleness, vanity, and obtrusiveness in self. He who seeks loses, and he who is willing to lose wins all man, all forms of man, all types of man. Practicing goodness is when a man ascends into greatness. This is the knowledge even if you play sports, this is the purpose of practice. Because practicing becoming good makes you great by default. This is an automatic relationship. You don't gotta create this blueprint. All you gotta do is follow it. And you'll get the keys to the game, right? So, uh, one of the last things I wanna touch on for right now is good, better, best. This is something called good, better, best, right? It's a thought about how people always say this saying, you know, the best is yet to come. Everyone's heard it. <laughs> the best is yet to come. It's been like a universal mantra or some type of cliche thing to say amongst our people for a long time now. But what I wanna ask you is this, the best what? Where, when? <laughs> you know, one night just pondering on this, you know, I thought about it and I said, man, the best. I believe the best, when they say that, is referencing your best effort, not your best reward. You see, how can you fathom your best reward if you haven't given your best effort? You say, well, how do you know? Because you're sitting there saying the best is yet to come. See? So I simply thought about it and I said, man, wow, your best effort. Have you given your best efforts? Or is the best still yet to come? This is a question where you really got to be honest with yourself. And one of my favorite things to say is to thine own self be true. It's one of my favorite sayings because uh, everything starts inside. And if you're lying to yourself, 
Wow. If you can't trust yourself, you definitely can't trust anyone else. And it goes without saying that no one can trust you. So to thine own self be true. Before you claim true to any man, any woman, any situation, be true to yourself first. Or everything else you're doing is counterfeit. It's not legit. Right? So, uh, these are the things I wanted to speak on today, man. Um, and I wanted to end it with the knowledge that we know. Man is always trying to achieve greatness. Uh, and I just gave you a blueprint to how that can occur. How you can achieve that by letting it happen, but in this formula. By first being good. A bad man has never been a great man. See? Just to, you know, give it to you simple. You can plug the math in different ways to see if the answer was correct. So what I feel like at the end of the day, man's goal is to have that inner revelation. Reach that highest height of self and how it relates to his situation and where he is today. And you just got to understand that, like I said before, that revelation is only a playoff of a revolution, which is only a cycle, a full turn, a completed cycle or circle. And that's going to consist of energy and everything else. So just remember that... Uh, what goes up must come down. What goes around comes around. These are all universal balance references. And uh, so I hope I showed you something about being able to think about where you are on the ladder a little bit different and understand that how that plays a part in your purpose. Your now is the only thing that's real. Remember, history is his story. The future does not exist. And when it does come, all it will be is another now moment. See? So the only thing real is the now. Change the way you see your situation, and your situation will magically change. So this has been my three cents on the struggle and purpose, the so-called struggle in quotations, and purpose, which really turned out to be a lesson on perception because that's what keeps creating your reality, right? And if we know one thing, we know that reality isn't necessarily what's real. It's what was created by perception. What's realer than reality then? Actuality, what's actual. Ask what's factual. All right, so on that note, I'm out of here till next time. It's been my three cents. I hope you got something from it. I hope it did something for you. I hope it resonated. Um, keep listening. Uh, send messages about topics, things you're interested in, things you think about. Get in contact. And we can include it in the future, in the future podcast. All right. Thanks for listening and pass it on. Wholeness. <laughs>